This is the Prayer Culture Podcast, where we talk about building prayer into the lives of Bible-centric churches and individuals. I'm your host, Michael Green. I have a background in missions to the Islamic world, as well as being the founding member of Puramore, a ministry that is dedicated to developing a deep culture of prayer within local churches and communities. My co-host, Patrick Rowe, is a board member of Puramore, as well as being a longtime church planner in the greater Houston area and Thailand. This is the Prayer Culture Podcast. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Today, we have a very special guest, John Brown. He is with Vertical Life Church. He worships there and uh, just has a tremendous heart for incorporating prayer in worship, especially musical worship, and just really getting to the heart of God and in those things. And so Mm -hmm. welcome, John. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I'm just really, I'm excited. And and to tell you the honest truth, I, I think that this is definitely within, you know, the Lord's timing that I get to talk about this right now, especially, you know, um, prayer, especially the way that it, it incorporates with worship has been something that's been on my heart for the last, honestly, the last year. And so just for context today, oh, yes. we are talking about how musical worship and prayer distinctly as an act of worship go together. They have kind of a distinct, a distinct way of coming together and being melded together um, as opposed to other forms of worship, which Mm -hmm. are just as important, but, but musical worship and prayer specifically. And so John has started to address that really. Let me just ask this question, John, you can jump right back in here. Sure. How do you think musical worship and prayer are connected? I think they are connected because they are accomplishing nearly the same thing. Um, except the, I guess the big difference is sort of prayer is, is more intercession. You know, it's more of, okay, Lord, we're looking for you to then do a, do a thing while worship is kind of like the precursor to that, where it's like, okay, Lord, we're recognizing you for who you are, you know, and we are, when we are leading everyone to then approach your throne, recognize who you are and what you have done. And then prayer then comes in and continues off of that saying, and Lord, this is what we, and this is what we know that you can do and what you will do and what we're asking you to do. And we, you know, that we have faith that you can do. Okay. So it's a communication thing, like Mm -hmm. in terms of, and some people use those terms interchangeably, right? Yeah. Like in the ministry of two or more, we have different modes of prayer. We have abiding prayer, Mm -hmm. which part of that is the worship of God, glorifying God, adoring him for who he is. Um, then intercession is another part of that. So yeah. it becomes kind of interchangeable mm-hmm. and dis- distinctly because it's a communication thing, as opposed to an act of worship like, hey, I'm going to evangelize today. That is an act of worship because it pleases God. He asks us to do it and we do it. Yeah. But it is not us communicating to God. It's us communicating about God exclusively, whereas prayer and worship, musical worship, are us communicating about God and to God. Yeah. Really at the same time. Exactly. It's about because when, when it's worship, especially together as a church body, like a congregation that's, that's gathering, we are communicating to God about who he is while at the same time communicating to other people about who God is as well and, and really inviting others to join. 
hey, Lord, you are so amazing. Look at how amazing the Lord is, everyone. You know, and then, you know, continuing on from there. Awesome. Love it. So, of course, it's very important that we incorporate scripture. So Mm -hmm. in terms of this cohesion between musical worship and prayer, what scripture would you use to support that cohesion? So one of the one of the scriptures that I, I had um, thought of actually it comes from First Chronicles sixteen. I have it right here, just so I don't misquote it. <laughs> don't misquote it. Bro. <laughs> but uh, you get thrown out of here if you misquote scripture. Yeah, exactly. That's how it works. <laughs> uh, and this is an ESV, but uh, Chronicles um, sixteen, um, starting at verse eight. This is um, right after they had gotten the the Ark of the Covenant, and David is is gathering people together f- to to worship. And it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of, all, tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Um, seek the Lord in his strength, seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Israel, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. I'm going to pause there for a second just because... This is what we're talking about, where we're calling people together to worship. What we're doing is we're establishing an environment where we're saying, okay, the reason that we are here is to experience the presence of God himself, you know, and the reason we are here is to show him glory and to, and to recognize him and to also remember the things that he has done for us. And, and especially in this context, you know, they were, were wanting to make sure that our hearts are in a place where we know that all of the, all of the good things, all the perfect things, all the victories that we've achieved, everything that's going on now, the things that we have gone through, the turmoil we have gone through can all be attributed back to one source. And that's the Lord, you know, and I think then that then informs the way that we pray. Okay. Yeah. Love it. That's great, man. And like, Really to add on to that with David, you know, the man after God's heart placed such a premium value on worship and prayer, right? Mm-hmm. So much value, like in fact, in First uh, Chronicles 23, so a few chapters later, yeah. he sa- it says uh, 4,000 are to be gatekeepers and 4,000 are to praise the Lord with the musical instruments I provided for that purpose. Yeah. Staffing worship with 4,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. He <laughs> believes in the value and the importance of it, yeah. you know, and this is clearly one of the markers that, that God shows makes David a man after his heart is he is obsessed with the presence of God. Yeah. He's obsessed with the glory of God. And to continue to prove it, he wrote so many Psalms and those Psalms are prayers. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. prayer songs. That's what they are. Yeah. That's exactly. the whole thing. So yeah, I think you had a Psalm for us. A psalm, yeah, I have, actually, I had two psalms here. I'm trying to uh, figure out which one I want to start with. They're both very good. Actually, you know, <laughs> I, there, there's, one, there's one psalm um, that I was thinking of. It's actually psalm, ah, yes, we sung it, actually, uh, funny enough. It was, uh, I think Shane and Shane did a version of it, and it was psalm, psalm 121 actually is the right one. I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he keeps Israel and he keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. 
The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. The, the big goal with prayer that I see, which is also what's synonymous with worship, it, it really is like saying, okay, Lord, we know that these are the things that, that you are doing. We know that you, um, we know that you're our keeper. We know that you're the one that is going to protect us. We know that our help comes from you. It's so much more about bringing the Holy Spirit in, especially now and saying, okay, look, we are looking for you to work. It really is about, it. like, worship is so much about posturing, you yeah. know, and getting yourself into that and right sincerity. posture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, and saying, okay, Lord, sincerely and authentically, we see you, you know. Um, at my church, the mission statement for our worship team was uh, our goal, our mission um, is to narratively engage the body to see God proclaim truth and respond in mind, body, and spirit. So saying, we'll, we'll see God for who he is. We'll proclaim truth, the truth of the gospel, the truth of things that he's done, and then respond, you know, in mind, body, and spirit. So responding in worship, responding in, in glorification and obedience and discipleship. And so with prayers, we see that same structure where we start out and we see God for who he is. We proclaim the truth of what he's done, and then we respond by by asking him, hey, hey, Lord, these are the things that we know that you can do. And so here are the things that we're giving to you. Here, yeah. are, here are our lives and the things that we are giving to you because we know that, as we said in part one and two, this is who you are. Sure. You know? Cool. Um, yeah. Well, so you gave some great examples from the Old Testament, but that's the Old Testament. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How about some New Testament like cohesion? Because... I want some New Testament love, man. Yo, it's a New Testament. <laughs> it's a New Testament. Yeah, you got to get some New Testament things in there. <laughs> I um, let me give me one second. I just oh, actually, so give me one moment. You know, while you look that up, I'll yeah. just be straight up. Like one of my favorite verses where it just really addresses this in the early church is Ephesians. So Ephesians mm -hmm. five, it says. <clears throat> Verse 18, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Singing is clearly an important part of the equation. Yeah. Like when we come together and we're addressing each other and we're praying and we're doing all this stuff, we're singing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that that's an early church, clear early church practice is hymns and, and having singing and adoration of the Lord, like you were mentioning, as a key structure yeah. for what they were doing. So, yeah. Well, and there's something that's inherently, I think that's inherently emotional and spiritual about music because there's so much of, I think, you know, from a physical standpoint, there's so much of your body that gets involved. Like whenever you're actually worshiping, like when you're singing and using your voice, like whenever I'm up on stage, it's not uh, like us just sitting here talking is one thing for the most part, you know, we're, we're using our vocal cords or doing all this stuff. But when you're actually singing, it's more of a physical exercise to actually sing out. And especially when you're um, together with people to, it's, it's, it's a way that, where it doesn't become simply a mind thing, but it does become a, a body a body thing. And it becomes a spiritual thing when you take into account like the weight. Yeah. I think I think worship, what it does is it does add a little bit of that impact and that weight 
to what it is that we're saying, which is why a lot of times I, I know in a lot of old church traditions, the way that they would pray, like if you go to Catholic, Greece, and Orthodox churches, when they're saying, when they're singing, doing the chants, those are prayers that they are chanting, but they're singing it out because it creates more of this, it's more of this emotional, impactful kind of Yeah, it induces emotion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it draws people in to recognize that weight. And then you see in a lot of the Psalms, you see the imagery that David is using because he's trying to illustrate a point of, of weight, you know? So, um, but there is a lot of fear that inducing emotion yeah. or hyper-emotionalism or sensationalism, whatever you want to call it, yeah. that people will get too emotional and not engage the mind like they should. Yeah. What would you say to that? I would say that I don't think that we should fear emotions because the Lord designed us with emotions Come that on. tell us things. You know, what it what it what it's telling you is you're internally responding to something. Now, the mind part is important because you want to understand what it is you're responding to. But at the same time, you don't want to say, like, I think the biggest tragedy in churches is when you have people that feel like they have to be, like they have to remain closed off and be like, okay, I'm just, I got to keep it up in my head and just go. It's like, no, like the Lord wants you to express yourself, to express your worship. That's part of worship. You know, it's not just... It's not just knowing things, it's not just understanding them, but it's about actually responding that physical response. He gave us physical bodies. I think that, you know, you want to be able to have uh, discernment and you want to be wise. Like I've been to plenty of churches where you could definitely tell where it's more of a show and like, they're like, oh, everything's going kind of nuts. But at the same time to say, okay, if we're having genuine worship and we're emoting to God himself, I don't think that that's... I don't think it's wrong. What about though, there's also fear like when we're incorporating musical worship and prayer together, that people who are not good singers Mm -hmm. or just very uncomfortable, you can't care for them. Like we don't want to combine those things because then they'll feel like, well, we can't really pray like them because we can't really sing like them and we can't really, you know, and that even happens with prayer by itself, like without the musical worship. So how do you like, help people. I, I will say straight up, I've been to mm-hmm. you guys prayer meeting before Yeah, and I, a good number, pretty good percentage of the congregation showed up. Yeah, uh, People were there, even people I know who probably wouldn't sing very boisterously or yeah. loudly because they're mm-hmm. fearful they can't sing. Yeah. So how do you help people like that get involved in something like this incorporation? I think that's why, I mean, that's a whole big reason as far as the singing aspect of it. That's the whole reason why we try to be so intentional about the songs that we do corporately. Because, for instance, yeah, sure, everyone's not the best singer. But at the same time, everyone, you want everyone to be involved. And that's why a lot of times, and that's why, you know, one criticism a lot of people have sometimes with worship music is that it's repetitive or that it has like, you know, simple chords and things like that. But the thing is, is that, What's more important? Do you want to have, do you want to create a performance that's super complex that, oh, like, let's, let's do this thing that sounds really cool, but then people aren't able to engage with because they're not able to also be a part of it? Yeah. Or would you want to do something that is more simplistic that people can be a part of? And, and where, like, for instance, when singing a, uh, like the times that we've sung 
Oh, uh, him. And this is not me saying that people should only sing hymns all the time because that would be <laughs> that would be one thing. Hymns only, bro. But, Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah hymns, hymns only, KJV. But the amazing thing <laughs> about hymns is that hymns are very, they're simple, but they're deep and they're, and they're things that people can easily catch on to where you, where everyone can sing together and you don't have to all be right. a good singer. It's confrontation time. Yeah. I'm going to actually disagree with you on that. Oh, what? I love hymns. Love hymns. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But hymns actually tend to be more complex if you don't already know them. That's yeah. the thing. If you grew up on it, it's great. Oh, yeah. Okay. But if you didn't point. grow up on it, yeah. there's like 50 words. And a lot of times there's no chorus. It's just yeah, verse, yeah. verse, 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 verse. Uh-huh. So that's where I'll, I'll push back. Actually, a lot of stuff that's more contemporary yeah. seems to intentionally incorporate choruses that are that mm. are repeated more, things like that. Yeah. And a lot of it's soaking. Like my friend told me, dude, we start worship and we do three songs. I've just finally gotten focused by the end of the third song. I yeah, want more yeah, now because yeah. uh-huh. I yeah. got past all the distraction point and then we stop. Yeah. And it's like, uh-huh. no, I need more. And so I, I see that in, in yeah. context where there's more like continuing a chorus and stuff and it's a little more contemporary. Mm-hmm. I will say hymns, it's mostly if you grew up in church and know them. Yes. That's true. If you don't yeah. know them, they're harder. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm sorry, man. I grew up Baptist. I thought we only exist. We, uh, everybody should know the hymns, you know? Uh, <laughs> no, but, uh, no, but the, uh, the, um, that's a good point. And that's why like, uh, a lot of times people will even update like hymns and create like newer versions of it with choruses and things like that. Yeah. Um, because it does help. And that repetition does help. I think as far as somebody, but that's that's thinking about it corporately, sure. having those choruses and, and, and simple verses so that people can feel. But I think individually, if you're a person who says, oh, I don't think I can sing that well, or even like with prayer, it's like, oh, I don't know if I can pray that much. The thing is, is that the Lord isn't asking you to be the best singer. He's yeah. not asking you for to have, he's not asking you to be this like super prayer warrior what he's asking for is what you have to give, you know? That's right. What he's asking for is, okay, like, he just wants, he wants your heart to be towards him in the most authentic and full way possible. And even if, you know, you can't hit every note, the fact that you are lifting your voice, you know, to the one that created you, the one that sent his son to die for you, look, he'll, he'll honor that. Sure. You know, if you, if you have something on your heart to pray for and you just pray that, even if your prayer isn't like 20 minutes long, <laughs> you know, if your prayer is like 30 seconds long, but it's what was on your heart and it's what you genuinely have to give to, up to the Lord. Sure. That's all that that's, that's all that's required. A lot of times what, what you find in those cases where people feel insecure about it is because it's the human tendency to want to make comparisons, right? Yeah. Oh, this person did it so much better, but it's like, you know, the Lord, <laughs> the Lord's not going to, when you sit in front of the Lord, he's not going to say, okay, well, this person did this and you only did this. So I don't know. No, he's going to say, no, you gave this of what you had. Sure. You know, and, and a beautiful example, I'll give just a beautiful example at one of the churches I've been part of for a while. There's a Down syndrome guy mm-hmm. who just belts it out for Jesus. Yeah. Way off. And it's the yeah. most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Oh yeah. It's so beautiful. Oh, absolutely. So that's like one of those examples where it's like, Hey, it's faith like a child to go, you know what? Whatever. Yeah. I'm not here to please them. Exactly. I'm here for Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. 
and I'm going to praise him with everything. Now, that's not to say everyone has to be super overtly expressive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, not everybody is as expressive. That's okay. Yeah, I'm very yeah, expressive, yeah. but mm-hmm. not everybody is. And I'm okay with that. Like, yeah. I'm not, not sitting here <laughs> yeah. like, you're yeah. not screaming loud enough or yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. falling on your face, you know? Yeah. Um, but people need to feel like they can do exactly. that. That's yeah. the thing mm-hmm. is you need to yeah. create a context where people feel like they can be extremely expressive with God. Yeah. And sure, if they get very disruptive, you know, at a point in time, you can yeah, yeah, help yeah. rein it in a bit. But mm-hmm. like, really, don't create a context where people feel like they have to stand at the same time, sit at the same time, yeah. do everything in a very mechanical way. Exactly. Leave space for the spirit to inspire somebody to walk up yeah. and down the the aisle or to mm-hmm. be on their knees, like yeah. worshiping the Holy God, like leave space for that and actually help foster that environment where it's okay to do that, you know, as long as you're staying within a scriptural bound, that can be super healthy. Oh yeah. Well, and, um, just a one, one off example I was thinking in my head was, I remember this time because you were talking about doing things mechanically, like standing up and sitting down. One thing I noticed a lot in, in worship, and it was one like small thing. And and (laughs) I might be weird for this, like for paying attention to this, but when I was, um, sometimes when I lead worship, I'll notice that, uh, a lot of times the people in the congregation will, they'll stay seated unless I tell them to stand to like worship. And, I hear, and like for me, I'm like, okay, if someone were to decide they wanted to just sit for worship, that's not the whole thing. But I think it was just funny because everybody was just sitting down. <laughs> everybody was sitting down. And I remember like, and because I, I, I'm so used to just saying, okay, church, come on, let's, let's sing this next song. And then they'll stand there was one Sunday, and I and I talked to the pastor about it. I was like, there's one Sunday. I'm going to see if we're just going to get into the song, and I'm going to see what happens. And we uh, started playing the song, and then, yeah, for like the first verse, like people were just sitting. And then so for me, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to keep worshiping. And then eventually people started standing up. But for me, I'm like, I thought, you're right. I think there's something that people are are used to the mechanics, and I think to trying to find a way to create uh, or, to, or to get people to a place, like you said, where it's fine to go ahead and... and it's okay. It's okay to... to it's okay, yeah. yeah. You don't have to be kind of like looking around at everyone. It's okay to kind of express yourself and, sure. do, and do your own thing, which is why, of course, there's a balance to it. Like, you know, that was the last time that I did that. Like from then I was like, okay, I'll go ahead and I'll cue people. Well, that's okay. Listen, that's fine. Don't get me yeah. wrong. It's yeah. not bad. Like it's yeah, not yeah, that yeah. nobody's worshiping at a church where people stand at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd say this, everything has to be instructed. So at yeah, the, at yeah, the yeah. beginning, at the, yeah. uh, to create the habit. Mm-hmm. So like at Open Doors, we always, for years now, yeah. we've always said, hey, you're not going to distract anybody. Yeah. You meet with God in the way he's calling you. If you want to stand up, you want to walk around, you want to be on your knees. Yeah. You want to have your hands up. Like you want to sit like we're not going to be distracted by it. Mm -hmm. Meet with God in the way that's powerful for you. So because we instruct that way, people feel free to do that. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't get crazy. We've never had to get like really insane where people are like yeah, running yeah, all over yeah. the place, running into each other, you uh-huh, know? Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing to see people express in the ways that, you know, mm-hmm. that are beautiful to the Lord. So I really in- always encourage that when you're getting into worship is instruct people 
in their freedom, help them understand like, Hey, you have, mm-hmm. we have space for this. It's okay. You're yeah. not going to be thought of as super weird. Yeah. Just, just pour out to Jesus, you know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, as you were talking, I was thinking of, it, you know, we're talking about people going crazy. It's like one example, cause we're, we're talking about people that are closed up. Yeah. I would say a warning is one example of time where people are like maybe too expressive. I was at this one church where we were, uh, where they had like a praise break. You ever experienced a praise break? A praise break. Yeah, praise Maybe, break. Maybe, but I've never heard it phrased that way. So a praise break is whenever, it, it'll usually be during, it might sometimes be during a sermon, it might be during just a random part of the service where literally the band will just start playing Oh, and yeah. it's called a praise break. And then people would just start going. Yeah, people, yeah. people just start dancing and stuff, which those are like, those can be, look, if that's worship for you. Yeah. Some then, of that's cultural. Yeah. Some of sure. it's, some of it's cultural. If that's, if that's worship is that, if that's a way that you can, like I said, that you're sitting there and you're, and you're glorifying the Lord in it, then that's one thing. Uh, but there was a time where a praise break happened and this one lady, like you're saying, started just sprinting around the <laughs> <laughs> sprinting around the auditorium to the point to where she was running and she ran into like so there was like the stage and stuff. Yeah. She fell and ran and like hit the ground and broke her arm. What? Yeah. And they had to go and they had to literally get a thing and and get her like a sling and stuff and yeah. carry her out and things. And I was like, oh man, I was like that. That's a little crazy. That's the spirit. That's the spirit of First Corinthians fourteen, right? Yeah. Is like, hey, do everything to edify. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting so crazy that it's it's distracting people and making yeah. them unedified, yeah. don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and God is a God of order for that very purpose to edify everyone, not just one person who yeah. has now broken their arm. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I heard one time is that when if you were to really realize that, like you're talking to God, come on. You know, in a way, it'll make you excited in a way, but also in a way, it should also be like humbling. Like you're yeah. like, oh, Lord, like, you know, I, I'm going to approach you with humility and with some like, hey, like I'm, you know, not, not necessarily being like timid. There's a difference between being being humble and timid. What I mean by that is yeah, like you saying, can get into the Islamic space there where it's exactly, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm bowing as low as humanly possible. Yeah, exactly. yeah, There's yeah, no yeah, relationship, yeah. you know, no, it's there, just he's there is. huge. No, because there yeah, is yeah. a there is a relationship. Yeah. Um, but it's like fi- finding the balance between saying, Okay, Lord, we are connecting. I'm connecting with sure. God, but also like this is God and I'm man. You the know? fear of God, right? Yeah. Is mm-hmm. being having that respect of who mm-hmm. we're talking to. Yeah. You know, the way I generally do that is like, I'll read a passage like Revelation four or something and five or, or seven. And then I'm like, okay, let me picture myself there. Yeah. Cause this is the God I'm worshiping. Mm -hmm. What is it like if I'm right there? I close my eyes and I can see God and I'm just like wrecked every time. Mm -hmm. That's a way that, that God will help us. But at the same time, sometimes I'm just weeping and I stand up and Jesus gives me a hug. Yeah. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I feel really like loved by God in that way. So it, it depends on the, how the spirit, once again, makes space for the yeah. spirit to help people yeah. where they're at in a certain moment, you mm-hmm. know? And that's amazing what you're saying there, because what you're talking about is it is the emphasis of seeking the Lord's presence and recognizing it, you know, yeah. See, seeking him and wanting him to, you know, um, you know, pursuing, pursuing that. Sure. You know, and, and I think, 
there have been there have been few instances where even I have seen where I have like you said, had the same moments where I'm worshiping and literally in my mind, like you're talking about envisioning being there, but literally saying, okay, I am right now in this moment. It's not, you know, I'm in the context of these people. Like I'm up on stage and I'm, and I'm, and I'm performing in front of people, but really right now it's me and God, you know, and I am personally reaching out and saying, Lord, like, like, I love you. This is who you are. This, you, you saved me. Me? And I get to worship you and respond and, and go to you now, you know, and worship. Sure. And then those are the moments where, like you said, where, yeah, like, literally, it's like you, you to actually experience his presence and feel that it hits you in a way, you know, it's, yeah. Cool. So how do you practically... In terms of, so like you're doing worship service, right? Yeah. And you incorporate prayer and worship. Mm-hmm. Walk us through like, how do you practically lay that out so that you can incorporate prayer and worship together? So typically what I do is, especially um, the way that we format it for our services is we'll do, um, we'll do a few songs, then we'll have a prayer break where one of the elders or somebody will come up and pray. And then we'll do another song and then I'll pray after that one. And what I usually do, and this is also a part of, um, the intentionality of how I build sets is that, you know, depending on whatever it is that we're, um, whatever passage like the pastor is preaching on, or I'll incorporate songs that will then complement whatever it is that I'm praying on. So we're going to be singing, like, uh, let's say, for instance, the other day we were singing um, our, what was it? Today's Monday. Yesterday we were singing um, Great I Am. And you know, the song that is about, oh, Lord, I want to be close, close. You know, you're the great I am. Uh, and so the prayer was, okay, Lord, you are the great I am. This is, what, this is what this means. And Lord, this is what we're going. This is like how we are expecting you to work right now in this service because you are the great I am, because you are eternal. You know, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so practically, it's about having worship that is that then will lead people into especially like in a in the context of a service having worship songs that will lead people in uh and the way that i see it is is kind of like when you're watching like when you're watching like a musical and like they they have like this big overture so you can get the tone of the of the musical and then when you actually get into it now it's like okay well people have already you've made you've already established this, this tone of, of what it is that we're doing. Well, now we're going to actually get into it. And then that allows people to not just be more engaged, but then actually understand and gain the most out of, you know, that prayer, or, you know, out of the, um, out of the sermon, which that follows. I would say when it comes to, uh, I would imagine if you're just meeting up for say, like, probably something similar to what two or more does where you guys are praying and then you have that abiding time where you're singing. I think that what that is, is the way to practically incorporate that would be to say, okay, we're coming to the Lord with all of these things. Yeah. And a lot of times what I found too, is in, in those contexts, sometimes songs will come to me. Like the, like the Lord will literally give me songs like, okay, we're praying on this. You know what? Right. Here's a, here's a song that, that speaks on that. That way we get to be able to worship and be amongst that. And now not only are we together singing and expressing like that, but now we are connecting it to what it is that we were just praying on. Sure. To reinforce the emphasis that we have on saying, Lord, 
you, this is what you, this is what you have done. This is what you're doing. And this is what we expect you to do. Well, in abiding times with two or more, I always promote having music of some kind, whether it's background ambient Mm -hmm. music. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I I encourage people not to sing songs that everybody knows the whole time. Gotcha. uh, Because it's not really a singing time. It's an engaging with the Lord time, which Mm -hmm. sings part of that. But um, most of it's waiting on him and and meditating on scripture and everything. And so, but one other thing that I do promote and have done before is called worship with the word. Yeah. And so what that is, is taking like a Psalm mm-hmm. uh, and then singing through it oh. and taking chunks of it and making a chorus out of that. Mm. And so when I get to a point where it's like, oh, this is a great chorus, yeah. Then people will start to get involved once you sing a chorus and they can pick up on what you're doing. Yeah. And that's something I I may promote a little bit more to outside of two or more prayer meetings, but it's yeah. something that I want to do more of is help people understand, okay, whether you're uncomfortable with this or not, yeah. singing scripture is a very biblical thing. We're talking about it right Absolutely. now. Ephesians 5 and the Psalms are all songs. So taking those things and singing them yeah, and then learning how to develop choruses, um, a lot of times... I used to get a group where we'd like circle up and somebody would be playing guitar or something or keyboard. Mm-hmm. And then you read a portion of the psalm and then you start singing over it. And somebody develops a chorus, then everybody starts singing it. And yeah. so just uh, being open to, okay, it, that that's, takes a little more practice with people who've never done it before. Yeah. But just helping people get a vision for inducing emotion when I'm engaging with scripture um, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. That is not bad. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> and that's part of how musical worship and, and, uh, prayer can work together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a very valuable part. Okay. So John, one more surprise question here. Okay. This sure. This is one I oh. like to ask our guests. <laughs> so okay. I'm gonna put you on the spot here. All right. So favorite authors outside of scriptural authors on prayer and worship or worship. Mm. Favorite authors. You know, Michael, I read a book once. (laughs) That's fine. It could be one. One is great. No, but, uh, um, oh man, I'm blanking on names and ones that are specifically on prayer. A lot of stuff I use mainly like on worship or on like other, like kind of. Well, what do you, well, worship too. Worship works because we're talking about worship today. Oh, so actually, um, like I said, the book that uh, I've actually been reading recently, uh, Vertical Church, uh, I think it was written by James McDonald, which, I mean, there's a lot of stuff uh, about him going on, but the book still is very good because it brings kind of what we're talking about here, where what God really wants in worship is for us to, um, to seek him and seek his glory. And so within also the context in with prayer, I think that to get into a mindset where it's more about us going to the Lord and experiencing with him. Um, I mean, we obviously, we have the, we have the horizontal, which is getting other people involved, interceding for others and doing all of that, but having the priority be where, okay, in order to do this well, we have to be able to actually go vertical and, and, and connect with the Lord. Um, so seeking his glory in that and, and allowing that to inform the horizontal is very, um, it's been something that I've found to be very, very powerful. Awesome. Great. Well, John, thanks for coming on and uh, we'll uh, talk to you next time. 
As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button.